But this morning I was uh, thinking we were in the series entitled, What's the Word? What's the Word? And, and I was thinking about um, a couple of things this week, but the word, what is the word? And the word uh, this week is the word capacity, capacity. And as I was thinking about that particular word, I began to reflect on several great college athletes who had such high expectations when they were drafted as pros, but one year into their careers, there, it looked like that they had uh, reached their potential and the best was actually behind them. Or you may know someone who uh, perhaps graduated uh, from um, high school and they were going on to really do something pretty amazing in, in, in an Ivy League school or in college, and yet they began to struggle and then ultimately would drop out. What's interesting is that both of these groups show so much promise in the beginning but it seemed like after a few years that they had already reached their potential. In many ways, as we can see in the Word of God, it has to do with capacity, capacity. And so I want you to open your Bibles to the book of First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 4. And in First Chronicles chapter 4, and particularly we're going to begin to look in verse 9, in First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9, Hey, come on, champions, let's read that together like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand be with me. And that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. God did what? God granted him what he requested. Now it's right for us to uh, pray and to ask God to, to bless us. And Jabez's name was Pain. His mother named him Pain. And it's interesting, um, she named him or she called him based on the experience that she had with him. And isn't it interesting that people will coin you or, 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 or tag you based on an experience that they have with you. And so this experience was a boundary that was in Jabez's life. It was a, uh, something that would uh, contain him. It was a limitation that someone else tried to place on him. But the Bible says he began to pray to God and he said, enlarge my territory. And in other words, increase my capacity. Increase, increase my capacity, Lord. And, 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 and as he prayed that, he says that your hand would be with me and that I would not be confined to the boundaries that have been placed on me by somebody else. The Bible says, and God granted his request. How many of you know that God is a hearer and he's an answer of prayer? And God granted his what? And God granted his what? God granted his request. Now, when we talk about capacity, it's very important to recognize that God cannot be measured by man nor can God be measured by the things man has created. Uh, we can look at that and we can recognize that wisdom cannot be, the wisdom of God cannot be measured. 
The strength of God cannot be measured. Uh, the mercies of God are new every day. They can't be measured. And the Bible even tells us that the riches of God are uncertain, unsearchable rather. The riches are unsearchable. And, and so we begin to look at this and we recognize that God cannot be measured by man. And God cannot be measured by the things man has created. And so uh, we can see then, according to the word, that God releases his glory. And his glory, when his glory shows up, then whatever room you provide for him, then he will not only enter into that room, but he will feel that room that you have created for him. So if you, if, you, if you make room for God in an hour, God will not only enter into that hour, he will feel that hour. If you make room for God for a day, God will not just enter into your day, he will feel your day. If you make room for God uh, for, in your life, God will not just enter into your life, God will feel your life. And so David says it like this in Psalm. He says that he, my cup overfloweth. And in other words, David was saying that whatever, mm, the way God shows his power, the way God shows his glory, the way God shows his capacity, it is that his capacity comes on your capacity and then it overflows. And that's how God does it. That's how God overflows our capacity. Why? It's because he not only enters into the room that we have created for him in our lives, but he overflows that. Now, it's interesting then that, so we recognize that the glory of God and what God experiences, uh, what we experience of God in our lives is based on maturity. See, because to the level that you mature, that, that there is not dependence on what you at one time depended on. See, when you come to a level of maturity, you don't need the praise team. You don't need truth to stir you up. Well, yeah, there's a praise that'll break out right there in the auditorium. So when we come to a place of maturity, then we're able to experience more of God. Now, what's interesting, though, is that we measure the results of what we have done, and, 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 and those results become the limitation. We look at it it becomes the results of our past, but those results of our past, in many ways, to, to some people, become the limitation on their future. But your reality should not be based on what you have done, but your reality should be based on what you believe. I want to say that again. Your reality should not be based on what you have done, but your reality should be based on what's real to you is not based on what the past, but what's real to you should be based on what you believe. And, and, and when you believe that you were made to be under, not over, then that will become real to you or that will become your reality. When you believe that you will, will, will always struggle with a certain thing, then that becomes real to you or that becomes your reality. And so what we have to do then is we have to ask God to increase or give us more capacity to go beyond our self-imposed limitations that we place on our future. And when we look at that, we then recognize that it's important 
to recognize that God wants us to be over things rather than under things. Because it's a whole lot harder to manage wealth than it is to manage poverty. It's a whole lot harder to manage success than it is failure. And so we recognize then that the that, 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 that what happens in our lives is it's harder to be over something than to be under something. And so, uh, so, so, so you have to really begin to face some of the negatives in your life. And to why? So you can make room for God so that he can not only enter, but he can overflow with his capacity. Well, let me just kind of share with you some of the things that you, you uh, need to uh, uh, confront, confront negative things. One is unhealthy relationships. That it's important that you confront unhealthy relationships. And how many of you know that just because you accept something doesn't mean th- that you agree with it? Just because you uh, accept, okay, I, I understand that you want to, you need to go your way. I, I don't agree with it. I think that God can cause this thing to work out, but I, but, but, but I accept that thing. So, so, so one is that there, there's an addressing of uh, confronting unhealthy relationships. Because we believe that God has called us to be a place with healthy relationships where we're healed in our bodies, where we are financially empowered. We begin to look at that. So one of the things that's important is to confront negative reports, confront negative uh, pain that you might have, confront, confront what your body, not ignore what your body's telling you. Okay, let me give you an example of that. Um, how many of you know that just because you, you've got pain in your feet and you don't, you don't deal with it, that, that pain, you, you believe that pain is going to go away, doesn't mean that that pain is going to go away. It may be a condition of something larger or greater, so you need to deal with it. Would you say that word, deal with it? So what you do is you begin to deal with it and you create space for God to enter in and you begin to cooperate with him. So as a result of it, that it, you, you, you've got to look at, I've got to do something a little bit different. So I may have to, uh, man, I just really sense in a real way that we, we've got to come to a place where we're more focused on what we're eating. The third thing is that financially empowered. And so you have to confront some things, right? You have to confront some things. What does that mean? Get a copy of your credit report. Look at it and confront it and deal with it. Because just by ignoring it does, is not faith, that's fear. And so you begin to confront those things, and then, as I shared with you a while back, is that breakout comes, the things that will hinder you no longer can, can be present. But you've got to create capacity, and there are some things that you do to cooperate with God. And so we look at that, and then we recognize that, see, it's harder to be over something. How many of you know you're over your finances? You're, you're not under your finances. How many of you know that you're over your health, and you're not under your health? How many of you know that you are over your relationship and how or the relationships that you have and what you will tolerate in those relationships that are against the word of God, not under those relationships? So it's harder to be over something than it is to be under something. And so we recognize that when we deal with that, what happens is that we create space or we create a, a, a room for, for, for God to enter because we're cooperating with him. Man, the last thing we want God to do is come in here and tear up us. Uh, you know, he's not going to do that. God's a God of grace. But, you know, the Bible tells us how he began to see that they were using the temple improperly. And he wasn't pleased with that. And so we've got to use the temple, the temple, the temple, the temple where it honors God. Now, 
The reason it's so important that you uh, address some of the things and confront some of the things in your life is because you are higher than those things. You're higher than those things. And God wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in your life. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and we're going to begin to look at how this works. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Come on, champions, let's read that like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, so it's the Bible says that through faith we understand. So there are some things that we will only understand by faith. And so through faith, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And we know that this word is enios, which means um, uh, ages and periods of times and generations. And so it tells us that by faith we understand that generations through time, periods, ages, were framed by the word of God. So notice what that means. That means that when God says something, he has left nothing unsaid. God has left nothing unsaid. I want you to get that in your, in your heart. God has left nothing unsaid because when he spoke it, he said it all. He said everything that needed to be said when he spoke it. And so when God said a thing, he said the whole thing because he knows the beginning of a thing. Mm. He knows the end of a thing. He knows the beginning of a thing, but he knows the end of the thing from the beginning. And so when God said something, he said the whole thing. Now, you may not see it, but he still has said it. Therefore, we need our capacity to increase so that we can know what God is saying so we can also know what we need to do about what God has said. Now, look at this. Through faith, we understand the seasons, the ages, the times, the generations were framed by the word of God. So what that means is that God spoke and he, and he put these, these times and the seasons and the generations in a frame. And, 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 and what we do is that by faith, we began to excavate that. We began to mine what God has said so that we can understand what it is that God desires to do. So let me just kind of t uh, say this, that the fact is that you desire it and have not seen it is an example that God has said it. You can't want something, let me say that, you, des you, you desire it, but you haven't seen it, it means that it exists. Not necessarily that God has said it, but it means that it exists. You desire it, but you haven't seen it, but what you desire does exist. Because you cannot desire something that does not exist. You may not see it, you may not know it, but it does exist. And so by the fact that you desire it, it simply means it has, it does exist. And, I, and I'll give you an example. How can somebody who grow up all their life in a broken down house, but they have the desire to be a landowner? It's because God spoke it in their hearts. And it is that desire that moved them toward what God has said. Let me give you another example. How is it that someone could grow up in a dysfunctional family? But then now, they, as they grow up and mature, they have their own family that's lovable, that's accepting, that 
is respectful, that's honorable to one another. How can they do that? Because they desired it, desired it, and although they may not have seen it in their home, because they desired it, it existed, and that that desire caused them to go toward what God was speaking in their hearts. And so uh, it's important then to recognize that there are other people that will draw the boundaries and the limitations of your life. Just like Jabez, his mother drew the limitations based on the experiences that she had with him. But he made a decision that I am not going to live with the limitations that have been imposed on me by somebody else. I'm not going to live with the limitations, my own self-imposed limitations. So what does he do? And what do we need to do? We need to cry out to God and say, God, increase my capacity. Increase my capacity. It's important, I believe, for you to understand exactly what God is doing and how he does it. Is that there is no one... That can, that, that can possess your promise. There's no one that can possess your promise. And that means that you cannot possess someone else's promise. So notice this. I want you to see this. You have zero competition. You have no one to compete against but yourself. See, because what God has promised to you, it's for you. And so as a result of that, you can't look at somebody else's life and then began to compete against them. You, com- you, you literally are evaluated based on what God has said to you. You can't look at somebody else's business and try to do what they've done. You, you can't do that. You can't, we can't look at another church and see that church is our competition. We have to begin to, we have to look at, you have to look at your life. You have to look at your business. You have to look at your family. Based on what God has said to you about your family, look, the worst thing you can do is you can compare your husband or your wife to somebody else's husband or wife. You know, I wish you were so, so much more like Susie. You know how, how, how she feels? I mean, after you, after three weeks when your eye can barely open, I wish you were so much more like John. I mean, you can relate to that, but notice this. That's what you say to God when you are trying to be like somebody else. And the Bible says that he is a jealous God. He loves us and he's jealous. And so God wants you to honor him, honor him like he honors you. And so we recognize then that you have zero competition. I have a sister, Nancy, and she cooks these German chocolate, bakes, bakes, German chocolate cupcakes. She can give you her recipe, but you can't bake her cupcake. Miss Cora can give you her recipe on empanadas. But you can't, you can't make her empanadas. You watch, you watch, you watch. You can learn from other people. But man, look, God has, has made you where what he has promised to you is for you. It's not for someone else. And we, and we get that. Then we're not looking, we're not trying to be cheap copies of great originals. We've become the value that God's created us to be. Now, look at this. Because you haven't seen it in many times, what happens in our lives is that our, it won't fit into our brain. It's about what God has spoken, it already is. He's spoken the whole thing. Let me give you just a couple of examples of that so you can see, my God, God wants to do so much more in, in your life. God wants to do so much more with us and, and, and ministry. God wants to do so much more with your family, with your children. He wants to do so much more in the kingdom. But we've got to make room so that the capacity that we have and that can be filled and overflowing with God's capacity. 
Look at this. What God does is that although it doesn't fit into your brain, because you haven't seen it, but God has already spoken. And look, look at this. Let me show you. When John, in the book of Revelation, was on the island of Patmos, John sees things before his time, but he sees things as they are. And he began to talk about things. He said that I was caught up in the spirit on the what? On the Lord's day. And so he began to talk about the glory. In the year King Uzziah died, I too saw the Lord. I saw the, the, the throne room of God and his presence. So when the glory of God, when we make room, when we make capacity, when we, when, we, when we make room for God, he fills that capacity with his glory. And because his glory, we began to see things that we could not see, the very things that need to be done. And, and, so, and so John says that, look, you know, I, I saw things, and, and I saw things that, that I, I wasn't there, but I, but I saw things, and, and, and I knew what God was saying. And so when God speaks a thing, it lives. And you can't just see it, but it's still there. So by faith, we understand that the generations in the worlds were formed by the word of God and not made out of things that you can see as a result. That what happens is that when the glory of God You've made room for him that you began to see things in the past and you began to see things in the future. I'll give you a perfect example. Moses, God says to Moses, Moses, I am. I am that I am. And Moses says, show me your glory. And God says that if you saw my glory, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to live. I can't show you everything. But he put him in a cleft of the rock. And when the glory of God passed by. The Bible says he looked in the hinder part of God. Wait a minute. God doesn't have a back, so he wasn't looking into God's back. So, so when the glory of God passed, Moses looked this way, backwards. And when Moses looked backwards, because God knows the end from the beginning, he knows the beginning going toward the end. When the glory passed uh, in front of Moses, Moses looked back. And Moses was not there, but Moses could see things that he had never seen before. And he could look into the past, and he began to, he could, he could be, be able to see the past. How do you know that? Because the Bible says it, Moses wrote the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And Moses wrote, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Wait a minute. That was in the past. How did Moses know? He saw the glory of God. Uh, uh, Moses would write, on the first day God said, how did he know? He wasn't there, but he saw it by faith. On the second day God said, on the third day God said, on the fourth day God said, when the glory passed, Moses could look into the, into, uh, into the backward side and he could see uh, what had happened in the past and he could write about it. And not only could he see what had happened in the past, Moses could see what was happening in the future. Because in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, he wrote about his own death. Moses lived to be 120 years old and was not dim in his eyesight. And they hid his body and could not find it. My God. What did he do? He looked, when the glory of God passed, he looked into the backwards so he could see the past. But my God, he looked into the future so he could see what God wanted to do. 
That's the beauty of the glory. When we create space for him, God shows us. So you can look back and say, look what the Lord has done. You can look back and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? But you can look into the future and you can see what you're going through, but you can see what you're going to. And you can say, there's glory around the corner. That's what God wants to do. And we may not understand it in the natural and your brain can't comprehend it. But by faith, we understand when he said it, he said the whole thing. And notice this. The reason that Moses couldn't see all of his glory, because if Moses would have seen everything that happened in the past and everything that would happen in the future, it would have bust his head open. So God had to show him a little bit. The Bible calls that revealing. So what God wants you to do, God not only wants you to see what you've experienced, he not only wants you to be limited by, by what uh, uh, other people have experienced of you, he says, you create space for me, I'll come and I'll enter it, but I'll fill it, and I'll cause it to overflow. And when the glory passes, you can look backwards and see what I've already done, which gives you faith to look forward to see what I'm about to do. So when we look at that, we recognize then that, oh, you know what I love about Moses? Moses wrote about past God showed him his glory. He wrote about the future. Moses was just writing and writing and writing. And think, look at this, Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Look at this here. You know what Moses wrote about himself? Moses wrote, now the man Moses was very humble. More than all the other people. <laughs> Moses just writing about himself. I was like, hey, in the beginning. Yeah, hide my body. I'm more humble than he is. He's just right. But it was true. John chapter 1, verse 44, starting in verse 44. I, I want to show you how God knows this, how God knows your past, what God wants to do in your future. Guys, it's really about creating space for him, creating space. I want you to read this with me together like you know it is the word of his power. Come on, champions, let's read it. <clears throat> together. Now, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, what? He said, what? See, notice this, when people ask you questions, that you know what is one thing when you answer them, it's another thing when they come and see his glory. And the real key here is that uh, when we come together on Sundays, God is not a subject that should be studied, but he is a power that should be experienced. And therefore, the church is not just a classroom. But the church is a place where mm, we experience the power of God. And that's why it's not, uh, thus said the Lord God, this, 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 this. No, we create space and room for God's presence to feel this place. We, God desires we experience him, not just study about him. Let's keep reading together. Now, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite 
indeed, in whom is no deceit. He's not deceptive. Uh, there's this Israelite in him. He's a good man. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael's like, how do you know me? We just met. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I saw you even before somebody else called your name. Mm. I saw you under the fig tree. I knew you. And Nathaniel, uh, uh, notice what he says. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And do you know what Jesus said to him? Jesus said to him, because I said to you, <laughs> I saw you under the fig tree. I gave you evidence that I saw you even before I could see you. Before I uh, gave you a report of where you were and who had called you before I could see you, that you believe because you've got the evidence. But he says these words, you, you will see what? You will see what? You will see greater things. That's John chapter 1. But notice this, John chapter 2. It records uh, the, uh, Jesus turning the water into wine. It is recorded as Jesus' first miracle. And notice this, Nathaniel <laughs> recognized that God mm, had already uh, demonstrated that what you think is a miracle that I can see you when, you, when I can't see you, that, 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 that's just the normal course of life for a Christ follower, for a believer. That we should be able to see stuff when other people can't see stuff. You should be able to have wisdom when other people have knowledge. You should be able to know what to do when others have studied about doing it. God desires you not live by experience, but live by his wisdom. And, 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 and Nathaniel's mind's blown, but Jesus is giving, God has given us a demonstration that you're going to see greater things. What do you mean greater things? Look, when the water turned to wine, it was, everybody else thought it was a miracle. And God says that that's just the way Christians should live. That's just how they should live. They have a desire. They speak that desire. And then I grant their request or they see the desire that they have spoken. They have a power, but it appears that that power is limited. But when they make room for me, I come in and I fill them up to overflowing. And what they could not do on their own, they are able to do. Why? It's because my supernatural came on top of their natural and it overflowed. And others saw it as a miracle. I saw it as a way of life for those who believe.